The Data Reaper podcast is a companion which provides extra insight into the weekly report found at ViciousSyndicate.com. Join us for a deeper dive into the numbers to help you improve your Hearthstone game. Hello and welcome to episode 30 of the Data Reaper podcast. I am Ridiculous Hat and we've got Vicious Syndicate's lead racer, Zacho. Zach, how you doing? Wait, what? The, the Darkman races. Oh, okay. You know. I uh there are horses and I didn't under racers. I did not understand uh the name. Okay. I'll accept it. I'll accept it. Yeah. How you doing, Hat? I'm doing all right. I I am Overwhelmed at the volume of information we got yesterday, they announced the set at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, which is a couple hours earlier than they normally do. And they're just like, oh yeah, we're going to show you all the cards today, revealing a batch of cards every hour. It was kind of nuts, but at the same time, it was kind of cool. I don't know. I liked it, I think. Yeah, it's a mini set. There's no, it doesn't make sense to have like a long reveal season for it. Uh, we're talking about 35 cards. I'm a bit surprised that it, you know, they announced it so late. I expect to see it a little bit earlier, but maybe they just want to, you know, not let people think too much about how to build decks going into Thursday. So I'm excited. This set, uh, this mini set looks uh, looks powerful, I have to say. These like, are some good has, cards. It had to be. Like, there are some yeah, good cards. Yeah, it had cards. to be powerful. There are very few cards I would say are unplayable or cards that I don't expect to see play. Because, uh, and it makes sense, right? Because it, when you when you add a bunch of cards, like 35 cards, you need them to make an impact. You cannot afford to have like uh, fillers or or things that are too, you know, situational because you want to shake up the meta. So I expected the cards to be good and they are. Well, and this is the first one of these that they're doing. Now, I've reframed my thinking a little bit since they announced how you can buy them. This isn't like a, a new paradigm. This is an adventure, except it's craftable. That's really what it is. And you think about the power yep. level of adventures in the past, it's not that far off. But what they did with the design was pretty creative. It's got mechanics from the entire past year, and that's pretty cool. Uh, like... I didn't expect to see more dual class cards, and I definitely didn't expect them to see to see more dual class cards so quickly after Skolomance, but it's clear they had some gas left in the tank in this idea. I would love for dual class cards in some size to be a permanent part of Hearthstone because I think it makes the game better, uh, but I didn't expect to see them this fast. I think dual dual class cards are really cool, and they they open up more space because classes have more cards available to it, to them and it's interesting to see how differently they can be used by um you know two classes uh they can have dramatic uh dramatically different kind of impact on each class so i i, I do like dual class uh cards and i think that they they can definitely be a mainstay for the future not sure of every expansion we're going to see them sure but sprinkle some of them every year, I think it will make things interesting. Yeah, like it's, I don't want it to be every set a whole bunch of cards, but maybe, uh, you know, a card here or there if it makes sense. 
you know, they've they've had sets in the past where the the class numbers aren't exactly balanced. If there's one or two dual class cards here or there, I think that'd be cool. Or they could just do a cycle a year or something like that. I'm kind of interested to see whether they ever, you know, change the pairings, right? Because yeah. uh, th the current pairings make sense lore-wise. Like, I think they paired each class with its, you know, the closest more uh, respective classes to it. Like, Demon Hunter, it makes sense that it's kind of a hybrid of Hunter and Warlock, right? Um, Rogue makes most sense with, like, it's like a warrior and mage kind of kind of between those classes. So it makes sense that these are the dual classes. But I wonder if they ever do, like, things like, I don't know, Rogue and Priest and design, like, Burgo cards for both of them. Like, um, it'll be interesting to see if they, you know, experiment with different pairings in the future. Uh, which will be, I think, more difficult to do, because as I said, the current the current pairings make the most sense in terms of how closely aligned the classes are, and any future pairings will have to you'll have to you know do some work uh, in order to make uh, have them make sense. Yeah, and I think that there's opportunity for I'm thinking in matter terms like enemy color pairings you could do like druid and warlock and have it be necromantic and all that sort of thing like you know life and death together and put together classes that don't seem like they make a lot of sense and then make it work thematically and you could do some cool stuff there uh but we're it's still just like it's a really wide open design space and i think they have a lot of opportunities for that uh so we'll see where they take it yeah it's definitely going to be difficult because uh like, you have to make all of these pairings work with the same set, right? Because if you decide that Rogue is now paired with Priest, it means that Mage needs to find a new partner or something like that. So yeah, uh, it, it can definitely get a little bit complicated. I feel like the current pairings were the easiest thematically to do. Uh, so we'll see what they do in the future. Yeah. So let's go. We're going we're gonna to talk about every card today. Um, we're going to try and not spend too long on this but we know how card reviews go we'll start with the dual class cards let's start with fellfire deadeye two mana two three demon hunter hunter your hero power costs one less yeah so this card for every dual class card we're gonna talk about it uh separately for each class how do we feel about this card in this class and then the other class for demon hunter i think this card is okay um you can play this on curve as a two mana two three and you have a free hero power to affect the board or push face damage. I'm not sure this is like better than Bone True or Brawler, right? Than Aggro Hunter. You would play this card. This is the only deck that I think uh, this card can go into. But late game, like if you have mana floating over, then oh, obviously this card doesn't do much. I think this card is okay in Demon Hunter. Maybe it's his play like in an aggressive deck. Don't think that, you know. Slower decks are ever going to touch this. In Hunter, I'm not feeling it. I feel like this is worse than Tour Guide. Um, well, yeah, it costs twice as much. And you can't curve yeah, you it, can't curve it into Phase Stalker. Yeah, so I, I don't see... And this is like seems very weak to play on turn 3. So I, I'm not really feeling it in Hunter at all. I think this card is kind of mediocre. One of the less in, uh, inspiring ones in this miniset. And again... French playable in Agro Demon Hunter, maybe. Not even sure about that. In Hunter, I don't think it's easy. Yeah, there are a few cards. Um, 
actually like a decent number of cards where I think that they probably go in a deck and make sense and are better than the filler cards we're running now, but are also filler cards. This is when you're competing with the Bone Chewer Brawler slot, then I think that that's, you know, an indication of the power level. Uh, And this is like, it's fine. Probably like happy to have this on turn two in Agra Demon Hunter in some matchups, especially if there's a turn one Battle Fiend, but I'm not going out of my way to to play this and I'm not super excited about it, but it probably goes in the deck. Um, all right, next up we've got Resizing Pouch. Uh, this is an interesting card. One mana Druid Hunter Spell. Discover a card with cost equal to your remaining mana crystals. I don't know why they bother putting the Hunter border on the card. This is a Druid card. This is really good in Druid, I think. Um, if you play this uh, without any mana left over, you have a really high chance of hitting Lightning Bloom or Innervate or Moonfire. Obviously, there's uh, Wisp, Desk Imp. So those are kind of whiffs, but yeah, and Embiggen. But considering that you have um, three options to discover, it's very unlikely that you're not going to hit one useful card. I'm thinking especially if you're looking at an Auctioneer deck like Malagos Druid, this card definitely fits in. But the thing is about this card is that it's quite versatile. You often have situations where the Druid ramps and doesn't really have plays to ramp into, right? It doesn't draw... Maybe you didn't draw your guardian in. So you're like floating a lot of mana in the late game. And this can find you like a strong card. Let's say you're at 9 mana. You don't have a meaningful play. You play this. You discover an 8 cost something. And you get to play it. So I think this uh, can help the consistency of Druid post-ramping to have something to play. So it's very flexible. You can sometimes play it in order to find like fill your curve. And that's very important for a ramping deck. And sometimes you use it to like find a bloom or an innervate, some mana cheating early, or whenever you can float one mana and and reach the zero, uh, like end your turn with a resizing pouch. So it's pretty good. And then you know the flexibility in Hunter. This card's unplayable. Hunter doesn't play this ever. This is really weak. Even if you get a good curve play, it's always one mana short of. So it's just not very good there. So solid strong droid card Hunter. Crash. Yeah, it's Druid. You would, I think you do need some kind of synergy with a bunch of spells, like I think Auctioneer deck is about right. Because I don't think we just jam this in any Druid that we're playing unless we're short on cards, but solid. Fine. Um, we've also got Guidance, which is a Druid Shaman uh, one mana spell. Look at two spells, add one to your hand, or overload one to get both. I assume it functions similar to the Discover mechanic, but we don't know exactly how it works. Like, I don't know if it just look at two random spells. Because uh, it doesn't say the word discover, so I'm not sure if it's class limited. It's probably discover. It kind of probably works like discover. So for two mana, one in one, you can get two spells, generate two spells for two mana. So it's not that great when you think about it. Um, it needs to have some synergies. Now, the thing I'm thinking about is like, for Shaman, this is like an overload enabler where a card will look... Uh, we'll talk about a little bit later. So maybe a control shaman deck uses this to generate value and enable some overload synergies. I can definitely see that. For Druid, uh, it might be a little bit more awkward. I'm not sure this card is good enough to go into existing Druid decks. Um, like Maybe like in a Highlander Druid, right? It's a lazy uh, suggestion. Just shove it in Highlander, sure. But... Um, 
not not super feeling it. It's okay, but it kind of reminds me of like maybe it's just a slightly stronger, um, clever disguise, right? Kind of a similar thing. You you get two spells. You generate two spells for two mana. Uh, these ones obviously come from your own class, so there's a little bit more synergy there. This is a better card than that, but by how much might not be enough to get into constructed, right? Uh, so it kind of depends. Like I can see it if control shaman decks need overload synergies, then they will play this. Druid, maybe again, auctioneer food. I'm not sure it might have enough of it. So kind of awkward. Also, it kind of clogs your hand. So I don't actually like it in auctioneer decks. Yep. it's. I think this is probably, it's like Raven Idol-esque but less flexible without the minion option. Instead, you just get a second spell. Spells are generally better, um, but we already have... With nature studies existing in Druid, I just don't see this card getting us where we need to be um, because we don't need the incremental value. Druid has plenty of value as is. Yeah, and if you want to squeeze in more spells, like I, th I think that resizing pouch is better for existing Druid ducks than Guidance. Yeah. So I'm kind of yeah, like I'm kind of very iffy on this. Um, I should note there is a Celestial on tweet. I should look sooner. It does work exactly like Discover, except the third choice is Overload One, Get Both. So basically, the Discover for two cards. Uh, so it'll only be Druid spells if you're in Druid, and only Shaman spells if you're in Shaman. Um, next up we have Imprisoned Phoenix, two mana, two three for Mage and Shaman, Dormant for two turns, spell damage plus two. I. I don't think this card is usually good, but if it's good, I'm terrified. I mean, this card... Okay, so first of all, in Shaman, I'm not too excited about it because the only thing that I can see it being played in is like a spell damage Shaman deck. We know how this archetype um, worked in this expansion. It didn't. Uh, and the last expansion, it just hasn't been existent. I don't think this makes that archetype work in mage i'm a lot more excited about it it's kind of like when i thought about this card i thought you know all over the place you think about like maybe cyclo mage pl plays it to enable like cram session ross works well with that too um you think about freeze mage maybe this is like an evolved kobold right we used to play in freeze mage a four mana two two that had spell damage plus two so maybe we do it now with uh imprisoned phoenix so it's a little bit more awkward to Use because of the dormant, you have to wait two turns, set it up beforehand. Uh, but again, it, it kind of does all sorts of things with cram session, and it's an elemental, so maybe it works well with a deck that runs elemental allies. So I'm kind of all over the place with this. This card is exciting. I wouldn't be surprised if it just never, it just doesn't work out and doesn't end up being included in an existing deck. But as you said, if this card works, then it's probably going to be something stupid, right? It's probably going to be some some combo-centric Mozaki or Freeze Mage that just abuses it with, like, as I said, like Cram Sessions, and you've got the potential burst with this. Um, it's it's an interesting card. I'm glad that they print this card uh, because it just, like, it's one of these cards that, like, it's not a force-fed card into like an archetype that you play this in that archetype right it makes you think about multiple approaches and this is why i like it even if it doesn't end up seeing play or not end up being successful it's like this card you forces you to think about all sorts of things it's a cool card it's kind of a nerf to primordial studies 
because you usually don't want to take this if you're primordial studying, I don't think, but it might actually... I don't know. It might be good. Maybe as I said, good. like if you're playing like a Cyclone Mage deck. And you're just hunting for like cramp sessions. Cy- yeah. Or, yeah, you want to enable cramp. It's really good with cramp sessions. Or it's really good with Ross. So it has elemental allies. As- I-, I do like it. Like, I think it can be good enough in, in that kind of deck. But I'm not sure if it's, you know, if it's, it's definitely not enough to push that. It's not going to make that deck suddenly appear now. Yeah. It's just not existent today it's not gonna be that card but i don't know like maybe like again like a freeze mage deck like a mozaki mage maybe it plays this card i don't know i just i hope it's used like i don't think the word fairly is right but i hope it's not used where it just wakes up and you die like that's what i want to avoid cat i'm kind of excited about that i kind of want that to happen i want that to happen and i want this card to be the the one that when it wakes up you die. I'm actually excited about the possibility of that happening. It's um, it's completely so. <laughs> immune to disruption when it's in play. Like you know what's coming, I guess. Um, but like it's, it's set up beforehand. Like you know, if you know it's coming, then that gives you some time to do whatever you need to do. Like it's not like you. But you can't like, elucia this away. Is, you can't disrupt it if it's dormant in play. Yeah, I don't know. But you can elucia the pieces in hand. Yeah. Like, yeah. Mage doesn't have a lot of burn. You don't have a lot of burn. Like, we're not... We don't... Yeah, but... Like, you're talking about the one drop. We're, we'll talk about the Mage one drop. But that doesn't benefit from spell damage. You don't have that much burn as the Mage. Like, and things like Mask of Cthulhu don't really benefit from spell damage as much because it's a very expensive nuke. So you're looking at Fireballs and Frostbolts? Doesn't, that doesn't strike me as, like, like OTK-ish or consistent OTK possibilities uh but we'll see yeah we, we do have some enabling for that as well but you know i'm kind of hoping to see some freeze mage back i'm uh, not worried about I it now but i'm worried about it in the future and they did print mana biscuit in the same set and the those two cards together makes me it's a little a little spooky. i don't know how let mage do mage things freezing stuff and burning stuff is what mage is supposed to do i kind of prefer it over like the clown fiesta just generate whatever that we've seen from it over the past like it's been fun like cyclomage was a fun deck but i'm kind of ready for mage to you know shed the clown makeup a little bit and get to burning and freezing stuff again i mean so I this like, card I could like, help with that yeah, I let, like let us have fun hat okay let's burn people down i'm just saying that if you if you play this card and then I die two turns later, you had fun. I didn't have fun. That's all I'm saying. And guess what's happening now? Warrior can stack 40 armor and kill you from 30 health at the same turn. Okay. And poor mage can't even do one of those things well. So let, let, let it rock. Let it roll. Let's see what happens. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. All right. There is a, the next card. Keyword and Ivory. 5 mana, 4, 5 mage rogue split card. Uh... The legendary battle cry discover a dual class spell from any class spell burst get another copy now this is dual class spell only you can't get a bear off from this uh you can't get a devout pupil but you can get a spell uh there are 18 dual class spells 10 of them are real cheap but there there are some hits and misses here it's it's a weird card it's a weird card it's a high quality pool of spells i looked at that list and that is a high quality pool of spells. And very often, if you play this on six, it can activate itself. Now, I don't think that Mage and Rogue will ever have trouble 
activating this. So I feel like this is a solid card. I'm not sure if it's good enough in current Miracle Rogue to play, but it's definitely a, a strong card uh, that can uh, give you more gas and fuel. I really like it in Cyclone Mage if that deck ever comes back for the next two months because it it's a really good enabler for Mana Giants, obviously. Um, so, yeah, this is a cool car. This feels like it might see like less it's not obviously it's not as good as jantis nowhere near as good as jantis but it's one of these cards that i can see sneaking into a lot of mage and rogue decks uh, i like it um it's it's solid it's good value it's reasonable stats for the cost considering what it generates and as, as i said it's very often independent will be able you will be able to just activate it and get the second copy with whatever you generated. So, because a lot of them are cheap, so you can sometimes just go for it on six and play it, and see what happens. Obviously, getting philosophy will kind of suck, but there are a lot of high quality spells from this pool. It kind of reminds me of the combo uh, pool, right? The combo card pool. There are some whiffs, yeah. There's some apothecary things you don't want to see, but a lot of them are good quality. Yeah, it's. I think this is a card that is waiting for rotation to be relevant. This is the kind of card that's good in a four set meta, when when you have, you know, more of the just the search for value. Um, and this is a more guided sort of value generation than uh, than a lot of the other just like World Kick Masters just right, pile of stuff. Right now, Rogue and Mage have such generation that this might not make the cut because they just have so much cheaper forms of reload yeah. that, you know, like with high quantities of generation. Maybe when those things rotate, then you'll start seeing more of this card uh, as a generator. I like this kind of generator. This reminds me more of like Cobalt Spellking kind of generator, right? Exactly. Rather than a Mana Cyclone, a Will Kick Master, there's a There's a Mana Premium we're paying here for the value. Like, it's almost like a not dissimilar from Barista Linchen, even. Um, it's it's value from a from a pretty small pool of stuff. Then you have a general idea of what you're looking for here. Um, I I like the idea of this being the face of how efficient generation gets going forward. In that it's it's a little narrower and not as reliable and has real yeah. cost, but also has real right. upside. And if you're in Rogue and you hit Raise Dead off this, enjoy your sprint. I really, really like these kind of generation cards. I agree. This is more like the Cobalt Spellkin. You know, you remember, we talked to Alec yeah. uh, in the interview that we had in the past podcast about them thinking about generation, uh, uh, making it more about generating from a, you know, l less quantity, right? So you don't have one card generating five others and also generating for a more narrow pool so that there's less variance and you can, there's more of an expectation of what you're going to get. You can't get like a nine drop minion and a one mana, like a one mana minion in the same pool, right? This is a speci very specific pool of stuff. So I like it. Kind of like Will Kick Master, right? Specific pool of stuff. Cobalt Spell. Those are the kind of generators I want to see going forward. And this is one of them. Yep. All right. Next card. Nitro Boost Poison. Oh, baby. It's a one-mana Rogue Warrior spell. Give a minion plus two attack. If you corrupt it, you also buff your weapon. It is targeted. 
It is a mini sharp sword oil. I am very happy. This card is bonkers insane nuts. Cards, oh, God. This is the best card in the set, right? In this mini set. I think it's, so. It's like, up there. I have another card that I'm going to talk about shortly that I think is also uh, in contention for that. But I do yeah, think this is, definitely... this is the easiest inclusion in every current rogue deck and probably most current warrior decks. Maybe not bomb warrior, but in every rogue deck I'm playing right now, I'm putting in two copies. I'm not sure warrior plays this. I don't. I'm not sure existing warrior decks. I uh, want to target a warmall challenger and a reaper scythe on the same turn. Uh, it might get a little. I'm not sure about that. I'm like, like in rage warrior. I'm feeling it definitely, but like control warrior, not feeling it at yeah, all. Yeah. Bomb warrior. I think this is not work. This is not doesn't fit that deck at all. But in Rogue, yeah, this is so efficient. In Rogue, this is nuts because you always have a dagger to buff this. And it can also encourage, like, the you know, the self-sharpening sword builds with Seal Dancer. It can encourage those kind of builds, aggro Rogue builds, to come back. Also has great synergy with stealth minions, right? Because you can buff them while buffing your weapon and they have stealth. So you're very likely to hit with that extra buff. It's just such an crazy amount of damage for one mana this is six damage at the very least and if you like buff a sharpening sword like a self-sharpening sword this is more like this card is absolutely bonkers it's actually insane that the best card in the set is a rogue warrior card it's so appropriate for this and those expansion sets needed some help zach they did uh, yeah help. those classes needed some help and yeah. now they might be viable uh yeah so and you know what card's uh, really yeah. good at corrupting this zach Foxy Fraud. Foxy Fraud's Everything really good at corrupting this. this. Look, yeah. a one mana corrupt. Like, this is this is insane. Like, let me remind you that Tinker's Sharp Sword Oil is a four mana spell that had combo requirement. And the only difference between this and this card is that, like, it buffed two, three attack on the minion and the weapon. This does 66% of what Sharp Sword does without a combo requirement. It costs... 25% of its mana. This is absolutely unreal. I mean, when we were prepping Sharp Sword Oil, that cost one too, but this is targeted. Yeah, but Sharp Sword Oil gets played in Wild. It gets played in Wild right now, half. That card gets played in Wild. Not the anymore. It's been rogue in Wild. <laughs> Not <laughs> oh anymore. Oh my god. Now we just have a version that costs one mana already. Yeah, it's, by the way, King's Bane Rogue in Wild just got a lot better. Like, a Holy lot better. Crap. Yeah. This card is really really powerful and yeah like if you play in miracle rogue if you're running eviscerates right now and you're absolutely running this card like this is such an inefficient sort of so damage actually when i saw this card i thought it was a joke like i didn't read it right or whatever like this is better than cold blood before it was nerfed like if you have cold blood at one mana and you have this card this card is actually better like it's okay and one mana cold blood is my favorite card ever so this is this speaks to me. Yeah, this card is insane. Absolutely four out of four, without a question. Yep. Uh all right. Next up we've got Barricade, Paladin, Warrior, Split Card, four mana, summon a two four guard with taunt. If it's your only minion, summon another. Um I mean it's good if you curve ceremonial maul into this. Yeah, this is I think this card is strictly a big warrior dual paladin card. Like if you're running yeah. like the commencement stuff and the dual stuff, those kind of decks, they don't play stuff in the early game. They're very likely to have an empty board. And on turn four, this is a very good protector for them. This is stronger than Serenite Chain Game. 
on curve. And Serenity Chain Gang was already a good enough play on curve, even when it wasn't buffed. So I feel like this is a card strictly aimed for those kind of decks, helping them out. And to be honest, Big Warrior right now is is like it's a fringe player in the meta, but it's actually it's quite decent. It's like a tier three deck maybe. Uh, so I can definitely see a card like this push it a little bit more, encourage it to see more plays. Uh, same thing with like you know Ram Paladin. People are trying things with those Dormo right now, and you've got uh, Dual Paladin obviously. So this card comfortably goes into there. These kind of decks. Uh, probably not anything else. Mostly no. those passive decks. It's in the same set as Sword Eater. So in order for this to be good, you have to not be playing Sword Eater. Um, and like, you know, I I could see this in a Bomb Warrior. It's not getting played. It's not getting played. It's strictly like a big Warrior Dual Paladin yeah. card. That's pretty much it. Yep. Um, next up, I think this next card is actually pretty close uh to me like i i might consider this the best card in the set uh, i think it's pretty powerful is rally four mana paladin priest card uh resurrect a friendly one cost two cost and three cost minion really yeah this is this is as good as this you think is as good as knife tribu's poison or could be as good as that it, okay i'll ask you a question I, you know i've seen the comparisons with like cult arms with this not card. as good as cult arms not as good. It's not. It's nowhere near as good as Call to Arms. It's not even close to Call to Arms. I mean, how often had are you gonna play a one drop, two drop, three drop? See all of them die and have an on curve for turn four rally that some uh, resists all of them. I, it's not gonna happen. I don't much. expect it to happen much. Um, it's I not don't gonna think, happen much, yeah. which means it's nowhere near Call to Arms. Also, Resurrection is not as good as pulling things out of your deck. Just you know, thinking it out and. You know, possibly getting more synergies off of that. Uh, this card is nowhere near as good. Now, this doesn't mean this card isn't good. This card is good. It's a strong card. But I think that people are um, overestimating its impact as an on-curve play in terms of tempo. It's not really that. I'm not really looking at that kind of, like, maybe you play it in, like, an aggro paladin deck. where. But, but again, the consistency... Maybe if you play a 2-drop and a 3-drop and you just resurrect those 2 on curve, that's already good enough, right? Resurrecting yeah. a 2 and a 3, it's already decent enough on curve. But you're not going to see the same kind of power as you saw in Call to Arms decks. I mean, Call to Arms defined standard until they nerfed it uh, 4 months later. I, I hope that it is worse than that card, and I expect it to be worse than that card. It's, it's absolutely worse than that card. It's actually a card then I'm not too confident we'll see play in the immediate um, future. Maybe uh, not. But it's like, a just very, it's getting, a, getting back Shotbot and Goody Two Shield seems pretty powerful. Like, the amount of stuff you can get back, you can you can curate your deck pretty specifically how you want things to work. I'm not looking to do goofy stuff like get back and imprison or injured Blade Master or whatever. Um, but there are, I don't know, it's... Getting back three minions is is. I mean, this powerful. card is clearly good, right? I'm I'm yeah. just talking how good is it, right? It's good, but it's not like an insane card. I can definitely see decks like you know, like Pure Paladin, maybe building around that. Though you have you do have to remember that uh, it resurrects hero powers, right? Because one sure. cost, uh, it's going to resurrect a, a hero power. Yeah, if, I mean, and getting back an elder attendant, like whatever, let's. The the one cost I don't think is worth going crazy over. It's really just how good are the twos and threes we're getting back. 
and we've got a bunch of good options. Murder, McGurgle, and Shotbot. We've got goody two shields. We don't really have another great three right now. Uh, but I could see a world where this is just kind of... It, it keeps... Paladin got another tool this set. And I think the idea of more boards in a box combined with more pressure from hand is just a really powerful combination. Yeah, but I guess I said I'm not too excited about this, even in Pure Paladin, because uh, on Curve, it doesn't strike me as a card that's going to be consistently powerful. The other thing is, you know, we, we we keep talking about Paladin, but it's actually Priest where I'm more excited about this card. Because Nazmani Bloodweaver costs three, and Sethic Veilweaver costs, costs, two. costs two, so you can res both of them and start going off, and you can also discount this initially with the initial blood uh, weaver so i think this card has a lot of potential in priest as a combo enabling card where you can just use it to repeatedly generate value while discounting now there is a problem obviously with wild pyromancer that makes things more awkward so you have to be mindful of that but i actually i think this card is more promising in priest than in paladin at least for now so I'll we'll wait and see what, what ends up happening, but I really like this card in Priest uh, more so than in Paladin because I don't think this is a I don't think this is an amazing on curve play. I think this is more of a yeah resurrect specific things and do busted stuff with them. So this is so, where, what I see. This is what you said about Imprisoned Phoenix, and this is where I'm at with this card. I like how it makes us think. I like how there are a lot of options behind it. I like how there's both raw power in terms of just bringing back a pile of stats and potentially specific power and building combos around it. It's a cool card, and I think that if both the bring back a bunch of crap approach and the bring back something that lets me win the game approach, if those are both good, then it's a strong card. Yeah, mostly it's looking at aggro paladin or like pure paladin, um, maybe with a, a little bit of a lower curve looking to consistently make this as good as possible on curve or in a priest deck with Bloodweaver and Veilweaver. I think this is where this is where I'm more excited about it. Yep. Um, yeah. And if you if you have the ability to just fire out those minions, just play them on curve and say, if you don't have an answer, I just have it. And if you do have an answer, I have this rally. That's kind of a really nice position to be in. It's kind of like raise dead, right? This can get you can just keep chaining this. This could get really obnoxious. Like oh, yeah. you play you play a veil weaver and a blood weaver on curve. Maybe you get a one a single discount. Your opponent does everything possible to kill those cards, and then you just res them and you raise dead them, which makes it more likely that you rally them. So it's just you. I think there's 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 something here. Yes, I agree. All right, got hysteria. Uh, priest Warlock card, three mana. Uh, it's a spell. Choose a minion, it attacks random minions till it dies. Uh, this card is really interesting. I think this yeah. card will, is probably going to see play. I think this card is good. I like it, but I think it's more awkward than it looks. That's my instinct, is that... My my first comparison is with uh, Ramming Speed, right? Ramming Speed is a yeah. warrior card that makes you col uh, uh, minions collide. This is better than Ramming Speed. This is much better than Ramming Speed because it can very often just clear the board. Like, you pick your opponent's biggest minion, and they can just clear uh, sometimes in, in some situations. So I think this can be a very efficient um, removal that's kind of like AoE-ish. Now, the thing is, I remember Mass Hysteria when it was first revealed. 
And some people weren't sure about it because this effect is a little bit difficult to evaluate. Like, you need to envision board states and think about how often is the biggest minion from an opponent board is going to kill the other minions, right? Because if not, then this is just ramming speed. And this that's is, not good. Yeah, this is the kind of removal where it's the anti-Bladestorm. Bladestorm wants really clean boards. Hysteria wants really messy boards. Like, you want wider boards, you want taller boards. It's kind of in the same category as Soul Mirror, where it's better when your opponent's board is better, as opposed to Bladestorm, where it's really good against uh, specific wide boards or specific tall boards, but it needs a lot of setup. Hysteria prefers that things are kind of out of hand. Uh, and that's it's a different situation to be in, but I think when you need a card like this, it's because the board is really messy, and it gives you a very efficient answer in that case. Of course, we haven't talked about it, but you can also cast it on your own minion and turn it into a Deathwing. So, a mad aspect, right? So, you can also use it uh, that way in order to clear the board. Maybe there's some good minions uh, that can you can use with it, like things that, I don't know, have poisonous or something. Uh, a little bit more awkward, maybe, but it's something to think about. This card's kind of cool. I think it will yeah. probably see play at some point. I agree. I, I expect to see it. I, I don't know how it's going to fit into decks. I think it's a little weird, and we have to see. It's the kind of thing where it could be really good in some metas and could be really bad in other metas. Uh, it depends on how people are developing boards. It's unusable against single tall min minions, and it's pretty mediocre against super wide boards. Uh, but it's if boards get messy and there are large minions in play, or we have something good to target on our, on our own, then it's pretty powerful. Um, let's look at Lucky Soul Hoarder. Three mana, three, four. Demon Hunter, Warlock, Split card, Battlecry, Shuffle 2, Soul Fragments into your deck. You corrupt it, you also draw a card. This is Fine. just a good card. It's a good card. Like, if you're playing Soul Fragments, you play this. Uh, I think this is a really good card for those kind of decks. Um, kind of weird with Corrupt. that you, you Like, if you're playing like a Ticketus Warlock and you play Yasharaj, you get this. This is actually pretty good. Like, if you, you're in Fatigue, you're just not playing it, right? But you have plenty of space, like you're not running that many corrupt cards, so getting this off of Yasharaj like a little bit early in the game is pretty good. Uh, also, like if you corrupt this, then very often you shuffle to Soul Fragment. Sometimes it can just provide you with immediate healing, so I think this card is just good, especially in Warlock. But Demon Hunter also will also probably play it. Yeah, like it's, I'm not getting excited about this card. It's fine, it's Spider Tank, does stuff. I would say I would say it's better than the Spider Tank, but it's good. It's it's definitely really strong in corrupted form, and it's very easy. Like Marrow Slicer activates this, so yep, seems very like Skull whatever. E easy Fine. to activate, easy to use. But again, it's not an amazing card. It's just good. All right, we're done with the dual class cards. Now we got to go class by class. Illidari Studies, Demon Hunter, one mana spell. Discover an Outcast card. Your next one costs one less. Did you miss five mana skull, Zach? Did you miss it? Oh, this card is so good. Honestly, this is at the level of nature studies. Honestly, this this card is really, really powerful. The pool especially, is pretty small. It's only really ten spells. Especially in life steal demon hunter, this card is so good in that specific deck. Obviously, sometimes you get like this is an outcast card. It's not an outcast spell if it was an outcast spell this i would lose my mind over this but 
So the pool is a little bit worse for a deck like Lifesteal Demon Hunter, but you probably still play this just for the five mana skull. Sometimes you can find a consume magic, you know, a clutch. Just getting an eye uh, beam. A eye beam. Yeah, it's just so like it's just so good. And the fact that you discover it means that the outcast card is activated. It it generates at the right side of your hand. So you can immediately use it when it's activated. So it's really, really good. Um not not the kind of card I would play in an aggressive deck ever. Soul Demon Hunter may still consider it. I think this card might still be good enough in Soul Demon Hunter, but Lifesteal absolutely plays this card. Very good card in that deck. Yeah. Most of the outcast cards that we're looking for are card draw or I-beam. Like, almost all of them are card draw and I-beam. Um, so it's... You'd have to have a, a reason to like those. Like you said, it is tailor-made for Lifesteal DH. I, but it's also minions, so sometimes you get, like, something... Uh, well, one of the minions is Crimson uh, uh, Sigil Runner, which is card draw. Yeah, that is true. But some, there's that four drop that's kind of... Yeah, Illidari Fellblade and Vile Fiend Trainer are the, are the minions you don't want to see. Glide, you usually don't want. Um, yeah. And there's some awkward stuff, but the, yeah. in general, the pool of outcast cards is of high quality. And a lot of it is good for a deck... That's defensive in nature. And this will increase the play rate of Star Students to Lena by quite a bit because there will be times that's the best choice and we will get to experience her. I got Stalina the other day. It actually was pretty good for my opponent. Um, anyway. <laughs> Stalina is really good, I think, off of this because yes. if you want to pick it, then probably is an impactful matchup. Like you're playing against Priest and you get the Lucy out of their hand uh, before... They can disrupt your combo, something like that. Yep. Uh, Felsaber, 4 mana, 5, 6. It's a demon. Uh, can only attack if your hero attacked this turn. It's big. It's a big boy. Uh, this card is cool. The thing is, I'm not sure about fit right now, especially not right now. Like, Aggro Demon Hunter kind of is reliant on the Polkit endgame with Ilganoth now, previously Altruis. And I don't think that Phil Saber fits this kind of deck. You'd have to play an aggro Demon Hunter to just, you know, curves out and continues to curve out. This is more awkward with things like Skull. It forces you to attack. But it's a big boy, right? For a mana, 5-6 is pretty good. And since our hero power costs 1, it's pretty easy to consistently activate and attack with. I'm just um, not sure about fit right now. Team 5 wants... Big Demon DH to happen so badly. They want this it so bad. But this is not really a Big Demon DH deck. This is, you, you don't play this in Big DH. You play this in Aggro DH as an early, like, a, a, as a curve topper. Uh, this is not really a card that you want to cheat out. It's just a 5-6. No, you, they want mid-range demons. They just want to play mid-range demons. They want you to philosophy this and then drop it and then play two copies and... Yeah, but know. I'll stick with my Polkid Skull. Thank you very well, much. Sure. Theoretically, that won't be a thing we do forever. Theoretically. Someday. Yeah. Yes. Um, all right, Druid cards. Dreaming Drake. Three mana, three, four, taunt. Corrupt gain, plus two, plus two. It is a dragon. Breath of Dreams is only in standard for two more months, which I am grateful for. But I love this card specifically because it's a dragon, because now I can play Breath of Dreams in my Clown Druid. So that's oh, oh that's good. a significant that's a significant upgrade on having to play well while growth and I can play a bunch of dragons 
get the breath of dreams overgrowth dream curve and, and this is really good in those kind of decks also it's corrupt so yashravash immediate great fit you get a, a more protection uh alongside strongman love this card i'm not like i don't think it, i don't know if it's enough to make those druid decks a clown druid strong enough but this is a step in the right direction so i yeah, like it's it. It just makes the average card quality a little higher, like we were talking about with Fellfire Deadeye or Lucky Soul Hoarder. It's one of those cards where I don't know if this makes the deck viable, but you put it in the deck, probably makes it a little better. I don't know if it makes it good enough relative to the field, but it's a solid card. It's a it's a fierce monkey, except it triggers Breath of Dreams for another two months. Um, so, you yep. see play for sure. And it's a good defensive card. It's a good defensive card. This is big because... Clown Druid, that's what it needs. It needs good defensive cards in order to shore up the mid game and not die to aggro so easily. So yeah. And you just corrupt it with, with overgrowth, like it's very easy to to turn it on, and then it's just a just a five, six taunt, like it's just big. Yep. Um then we've got Arbor Up, a five mana spell, summon two 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 treants, and then give all your minions plus two plus one. Solid. So basically, if your board is empty, this makes two four threes. Correct. Right, because it summons the two twos and buffs them. So two four threes for five mana is already it's fine, kind of tolerable. Obviously, it's not good enough. But if you have one minion on the board, then it's re it becomes really good. Question is again, what kind of druid deck plays it? You know, we have that Trent Trent Shell. We maybe Mount Cellar decks. I'm I'm really not sure about fit here. What kind of druid deck is going to play this? Waiting for rotation again. Like this is, we want to play this with Garden Gnome, which is rotating. But I think a lot of trends are rotating. Yeah. Uh, so that means that this card may not have, you know, much time to shine unless it gets significantly more support uh, in the in the next year. But yeah, I mean, this card is okay. I'm just not seeing the deck. Uh, we know those decks exist somewhere. Um, deep tier four territory. I'm just not sure this is the card that lifts them into competitive play. This is this is a key support card where if a token druid exists going forward, this will be a part of the puzzle. But we don't really have the major payoffs right now, and we haven't been able to play token druid since Risky Shipper was printed. So we will be waiting for something to make this card relevant. I am confident this card will see play. And I'm confident that it is missing pieces that it needs in a context that it doesn't have right now. Uh, but the effect overall, if you were a Druid deck and you were developing onto the board pretty consistently in the first few turns, you're going to want this card. Yep. But not for now. Maybe in April we'll talk. Yes. All right. Hunter, bowl a shot. Two mana. Deal one damage to a minion and two damage to its neighbors. Uh, this is Grievous Bite, except the numbers are backwards. So Hunter got shafted hard, huh? These cards are pretty mediocre, though. Bolashan is pretty good with Professor Slate. If you wanna, if you wanna live, live the dream. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What mediocre? Mediocre suggests average hat. Compare it to the rest of this mini set. Hunter got super garbage cards. Like this is so disappointing. Like really, we're playing Bolashan. This card is not gonna see play. Hat. There's no way. Who plays this? What, with one legendary, we're trying to build around a legendary that we may not draw in a da in a class that doesn't have a card draw? I don't know, man. This card is really sad. This card is really sad and how bad this is. I mean, maybe in another class, but we're talking about Hunter. 
Hunter can't play this. It had like power shot. They they keep like uh, Revis. Yeah, they keep printing these these removal spells, and then Hunter it doesn't really fit because it's not a really good defensive class. It has no card draw, no late game win conditions that are you know controlish or combo centric in nature, and this is just not gonna work. Card's trash. Can we move on to the next card and call it trash too? Sure. We've got Saddlemaster, 3-mana, three 3-4. Three, After you play a beast, add a random beast to your hand. It's not a, it's not a class-specific. It's just random. Hunter gets his Will Kick Master Hat. Beast Hunter Tier 1. How about no? This card is upsetting because the beast pool is trash. You cannot reliably chain with this. You cannot cheat mana. This card is sad. And then I wouldn't even touch this card, even if it was a 2-mana two 2-3, two which says it all. Why is this a 3-mana three 3-4? Three this could have been a 2-mana two 2-3, two and it still wouldn't see play. This card is sad and upsetting. Like, imagine you, you, you play a beast, and you get, like, uh, I don't know, like, you get the beast. That's 6-mana or whatever, and that's it. Turns over, this card is upsetting. The hunter cards are upsetting. They're trash. Both of them are trash. And also... The dual class cards that Hunter got are better, are far better and more useful in the other class. Well, in Hunter, they're trash. So, Hunter's trash. Hunter's not trash, but it got a trash mini set of cards. Hunter did not did not need a ton of support right now, which is good because it didn't get much. And these cards are not targeted at the competitive audience. It's okay. We'll just move on to the next class where the cards are definitely targeted. I mean, I guess audience. I need to be happy that they didn't give more Highlander face hunter support. I should be happy with that, but I don't know. Hunter needs some some good cards going into the next year in the next expansion because once Highlander and Face Hunter die out, uh, I'm not sure what it's uh, going to do. I mean, Face Hunter never uh, dies. Sad. It'll be okay. It'll be okay, Zach. We'll figure it out. All right. Next up, we got Mage. Glacier Racer, 1-mana, one 1-3. One, Spell Burst, deal 3 damage to all frozen enemies. It says enemies. It does go face if face is frozen. Card's cool. I mean, this is basically... This card is really cool. I really like this card. Really good with, like, Frost Nova. You can clear the board. And it's kind of an Ice Lance. You Frostbolt your opponent in the face. And it adds another 3 damage for 1-mana. That's pretty good. Um, This card could help... Freeze Mage come back to the meta, maybe. Maybe. It's a really good defensive card. And the way the works timing really works well, like, with Frost Nova, if you play the Frost Nova, they then all take three damage. So if you play this and Nova yep. in the same turn, you're just you're freezing all of your opponent's minions and hitting them for three. Which is pretty sick. It's yeah. pretty sick. It even makes me think about running Cone of Cold. Kikona Cold Hat. I'm thinking about running it because of this uh, card. So this card is pretty powerful. Um... Again, like, you're thinking about Freeze Mage, mostly. Because it both acts as a strong defensive AoE enabler and a burst damage enabler, maybe. So This card makes good. me really excited because it reminded me that Ray of Frost is rotating out in two months and I never have to deal with it again, Standard. I'm very excited by that. I guess. I guess. But yeah. this card's good. Oh, it's I like very it a strong. lot. You can just, like, three mana, Ray of Frost, play this, Ray of Frost a second minion. Like, you just, it's... Three mana, make a one three and kill two things. Like it's, yeah, it's a good card. Yeah, um, works really well with with like, just bo as a board clear enable. Very good. Mage got another. Mage got two pretty strong cards here. Uh, the second one, Conjure Mana Biscuit. 
add a biscuit to your hand that refreshes two mana crystals. It's a zero mana card. It does not ramp you. It is not a pre-nerf innervate. It refreshes two mana crystals. So you have to spend two mana first on something like, I don't know, Sorcerer's Apprentice? Yep. <laughs> yep, exactly. You're on the right path, Hat. This card is very exciting because it's a combo enabler extraordinaire. Um, obviously, this isn't as good as pre-nerf innervate. If it was, I would have lost my mind. But but Mage does not need a pre-nerf innervate, and this is still very good in Mage. Oh, it needs one. Every class wants one, but it shouldn't get one, Hat. That's the difference. But this card can still be very, very good uh, in a lot of situations. I can see, you know, multiple archetypes of mage. Again, just like the Phoenix card, I really like the mage. The, these mage cards make you think about different directions. Like you can play like in a cyclo mage deck. It's a, it's a free double proc. It's, an, uh, it's a proc for mana giant. Works well with Sorcerer's Apprentice. I like it a lot. It's, it's pretty cool. And again, freeze mage, maybe. Mana Biscuits with Freeze Mage, that that gets you thinking. Yeah, it's... This card will 100% see play. It will 100%. This is mana cheating 100%. We don't even need to think about it. Yeah. This card is going to see play. Free uh, Mana, good. Yes. Mana and Hearthstone is good. And we want that. So, absolutely. This card is, is strong. I'm not sure it's, it's strong enough... You know, mage right now is a tough spot. I'm not sure these mage cards are going to be enough to make mage good right now, but we're definitely going to try. So, and they're good starting points for the next year. Yes, and I I like the design that it I like that it can't ramp. I think that's that's important. It's a nice little safety knob on the card. Come on, it would be it would be insane if okay. it could ramp. If it, if this made a pre nerf innervate, this would be insane. It's and I wouldn't want to see that. I, I have this, a lot of respect for Team okay. 5, but it's not. it would not be the first time that maybe they, they pushed a boundary a little too hard. I like that they thought about this one and put refresh instead of adds. Anyways, moving on. Paladin, Imprisoned Celestial, 3 mana, 4, 5. Dormant for 2 turns. Spellburst, give your minions Divine Shield. What a weird card. Yeah, because the thing is, your opponent can clear the board. You know... He has control over what minions, what of your minions get buffed with this. But then again, everybody thought that the same in similar fashion when they looked at the Imprisoned Observer and we knew what happened then. You know, oh, you can play around it, the dormant minion. So when it comes out, the value is just not there. But I mean, this is still a three mana, four or five. It's a dormant card. It's kind of a ramp card. And even if it gets, gives one divine shield on something, it can be pretty solid. Um, I just want to. I kind of want to set this, this one up. A chance. I want to set this up for Carnival Barker and a Token Maker. Even if it's just like turn three, play this turn five, Carnival Barker Air Raid. That's that's a pretty solid yeah, you, turn. Yeah, it's definitely. But but again, your opponent can can clear, and then this guard does nothing. So well, it gives itself divine shield. Does it? Well, it gives oh, your true. minions. It is a minion, and it is yours. So, yeah, it gives itself Divine Shield. So if you go turn three, play this. Turn five, Carnival, Carnival Barker Air Raid. Then it's two two threes with Taunt and Divine Shield, a three two with Divine Shield, and a four five with Divine Shield from nothing. It's not bad. Okay, this card is... This card is, seems pretty decent. I think this has a chance. Yeah, giving itself that the bubble is really so important. Stacked. It is. 
Um, Paladin is stacked. So Paladin is not stacked in the three drop slot. It does not have a lot going on in three. Goody two shields and Salad's Pride are in separate decks. Uh, and this could go in either. It's I think it's more of the same for pure Paladin. Like we already have stats and bubbles. It's, I don't know. I, I like it in pure more than in Libra. Yeah. I'm not feeling it in Libra Paladin at all yeah. because it's not that kind of deck that puts stats on the board uh, that aggressively and wants to you know protect those stats. So well, I think I'm but feeling imagine, more pure. Imagine you play this and then on turn five you have your broom turn with a Libram and they all get Divine Shields. That's pretty juicy. I don't know. If I play this and then I play like two other minions and a broom and a Libram and they all get rushed, like that's... That could be powerful. Yeah, I'm giving it a tentative uh, two out of four on this one. I think I'm. I'm not. This card doesn't strike me as one that like. Okay, this is. But it might, right? Because it's an imprisoned card, and these tend to be underrated. Yeah. Because it's difficult to uh, it's difficult to evaluate them. It's difficult to see how how difficult is it going to be to clear the paladin's board, right? That's basically yeah. it. I think this is probably one of the more slept-on cards in the set. Um, now, the other card is a blunt instrument. It is much easier to interpret. This is Librum of Judgment, 7-mana, 5-3, Weapon, Corrupt, Gain, Lifesteal. To emphasize, this is a Librum. If you play Aldor Tenant, it gets reduced by 1. If you play Aldor Truthseeker, it gets reduced by 2. So don't think of it as a 7-mana weapon. Think of it as usually probably like a 4-mana weapon. Um, and that's... It's huge for that mana cost. The corrupt, like, may or may not happen most games. Keep in mind that in order for it to be corrupted, you can't, like, play Aldor on 1 and then Aldor Truthseeker on 5 and immediately corrupt it. It has to be lower cost both when when the thing that you want to corrupt it is in your hand and after you play it. So if it costs 6 and then it costs 4 after Truthseeker, it won't corrupt. But this card is a 30 health life swing when it's corrupted, Hat. I mean... I don't even care if it's corrupted. I want to attack for five three times. Yeah, it's 15 damage is tough. Your opponent's life total with one card, and you can very often play it for like three, four mana. This is this is nuts. And when it's corrupted, it's just completely absurd. But when this card is so good, like what? What? So Paladin, the class that, you know, struggles to close games, now has this weapon. Do I re should I remind you that we had a Death Knight that cost 9 that had this weapon? That was basically the Death Knight that played this weapon when in corrupt form? This card is nonsense, Ed. What the hell? Yeah, it's... Oh, man. It's seeing play in pure Paladin immediately. I'm not sure about Librem, but probably. What? Of course you played in Librem Paladin. You absolutely play it because Libra Paladin is even like more consistent than the cost reduction of Libra's because it has more like it's a more cyclish deck. So you absolutely play in Libra Paladin. Had right now Libra Paladin's finishing potential is so weak that we have to play Penflingers all the time. Now we're, we're probably still gonna play Penflingers, but it just tells you all you need to know about the closing ability of Paladin. And now you're giving me two weapons that deal thirty damage. And sometimes heal you for 30? Come on. This card is good. We'll see playing both of these archetypes. Yep. It's very... Yes. It's... If you play Aldor Attendant and True Sicker, you play this card 100%. I don't want to hear about, oh, but Hammer of the Narrow is really nice. You know, somebody commented in the Discord channel. Oh, but this competes with Hammer of the Narrow. Really? Does it really compete with Hammer of the Narrow? 
I don't think so. It's, I don't think it does. The, I think there's some argument for that in a meta where you don't want to be playing Paladin. Like, it's if you need the 6-6 to survive, you probably just want to be playing a different Paladin deck. But this is going to be better than that card any time that you're taking the board early. And if you're not taking the board early, uh, you're probably playing a different kind of Paladin deck. Pat, I agree. If you don't want to play Paladin, then this card doesn't fit the deck that you want to play. But if you want to play Paladin, you probably want to play this card. That's pretty much it. 30, 30 health life swing in one card. One card does a 30 health life swing. Like, again, I don't even care if it's corrupt or not. Whatever. This is like a stronger arc. Like, 15 damage in one card, Hat. It's a big old Do weapon. I need to say it again? Yeah, it's a big-ass weapon. You don't need to say it again, but you're probably going to. It's a big weapon, Hat. It's a big-ass weapon. Literally throw the book at you. By the way, it's a yeah, book. It is. You basically... True Sicker tells you, I'm going to throw the book at you, and you, then you literally throw books at people, which is fantastic thematics. Yeah. Well done, Team 5. Nice job. We have judged and found you worthy. Uh, so, Lightsteed, Priest, 4 mana, 3, 6. It's an elemental. Uh, your healing effects also give affected minions plus 2 health. It does impact your opponent's minions, and it does hit full health minions. So if the minions are, are undamaged, they still get plus two health. Very nice with Potion Vendor, for example. Yeah, yeah. I was excited about this with Circle of Healing until I realized it also buffs, buffs my opponent's minions. And I was less excited about it. But yeah, Potion Vendor are things that are not symmetric. Uh, Holy Ripple. This, but Holy Ripple's really nice. Yep. But the thing is, Hath... What kind of deck plays this? Zoo Priest. Have a, zoo like, Priest. It's a, it's a Zoo Priest card, exactly. And you know what Zoo Priest is like? It's like Jade Rogue. It's like Elemental Mage. It's these mythical creatures, mythical, just like this Lightsteed. It's a mythical creature that you've never actually seen, but you speculate about. And you know what happens when you if, if you see a card and you're speculating about these unicorn decks, you know what that means? That this card probably doesn't see play. Now... This card might see play in the future if they keep pushing aggressive priest cards, but right now I'm just not seeing it. So card is good in the mythical archetype that we we've we haven't seen be successful. So that's a problem. Yeah, it's it's a jade rogue card hat. It's a jade rogue card. I know. I want I want the shadow ascendant cabal talon priest deck to exist, but it, it never has. It'll be okay. It'll be okay. No Zoo Priest. Alright. Dark Inquisitor Zanesh. It's a 5-mana 3-5 legendary battle cry. Reduce the cost of all corrupt cards in your hand and deck by 2. And this is corrupt cards, not corrupted cards. So it permanently reduces all cards that can be corrupted, no matter what form they're it in. makes them easier to corrupt. It too. makes insight so. cost 0, so whatever. Like, that's something. Just zero mana inside. Seems balanced. Seems fine. Uh, I don't know. I mean, a dedicated... You have to run a dedicated corrupt deck, right? In Priest, which is kind of weird because it doesn't strike me as the class that takes advantage of Yasharaj uh, the most. And if you don't draw it, like you need your deck to actually be good enough without drawing this because it's just a one-up legendary. So I'm not sure about it, Hat. I'm really not sure about it. It's kind of cool and interesting. But, you know, if this was a Warlock card, then I would have been 
much more excited about this, but considering this is a priest, it probably is why it's a priest. Um, not sure. It's... I'm sure there's... I'm sure someone smart will figure this out. I know that Zedalot is very excited about this card, but historically when Zedalot has been excited about cards, they haven't been great. Yeah, because he he just plays meme priest decks. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not looking for a meme priest decks hat. I'm looking for meta-breaking, meta-defining, competitive priest decks. So, this card is cool, but it pushes definitely experimentation there in a the direction but uh, of, like, Yashiraj Priest deck, but why do I have the feeling this Yashiraj Priest deck is going to have like a 40% win rate? I don't know. Well-trained instincts. Why do I... Yeah. It's because after they print Nitro Boost Poison, 10 drops don't get better. 10 drops get worse. Yep. I'm kind of feeling it. I'm kind of feeling like, uh, like Rogue may not allow these classes to actually do what they want to do. Speaking of Rogue... First, we've got the best name in the set. We've got Shenanigans, a new rogue secret. Two mana. When your opponent draws their second card in a turn, transform it into a banana. Yeah, so this is like a disruption card. The secret and rogue. This card is overrated. I think that people are very often overvalue this kind of effect. It's like good against uh, tutors, right? It's a good counter to tutors. But... I'm not feeling it because it's not doesn't really fit a proactive game plan of Rogue. Rogue doesn't really need to do these kind of stuff, right? It doesn't need to wait for the opponent to screw up. Rogue does its own thing, and it needs secrets that activate, and actually you can get value out of them quickly. Yeah. So I don't foresee I don't foresee playing proactive conditional disruption. Um, like it's it's not worth the card most of the time. It'll be nice to hit a Scavenger's Ingenuity or Corsair Cache, but you'd need to really line it up specifically with what your opponent is doing. You, you probably cannot afford to do that because of the next card. You cannot yeah. afford to wait and play Shenanigans at the right time. I will say, though, that Shenanigans' impact may not be as a card that starts in your deck, but as a card that you generate off Hanar. Yes. That's where I think this card will make the most impact. Because in the late game, when you do a Hanar chain, that's when I feel like shenanigans will be far stronger when it's not expected as like if if you playing shenanigans in your deck, people know you're playing that card in your deck. It's it's different, right? We remember what happened to Plagiarize, right? Um It's a card that once people knew that was in the deck, it dropped off in its power. And I think that similar thing here can happen. People will play this card, of course, they'll play it because it's kinda cool, right? Turning your opponent's cards into bananas. It's funny. But I don't think this is a consistently good card. It's mostly, I think, off of Hanar. That's when I think it will shine. Yeah. I I agree that... Well, I agree that Hanar is a good card, and I agree that this card is good sometimes, rarely, maybe. But yeah, I don't think that we ever start in the deck. The other card I do think starts in the deck, Spark Joy Cheat, 3-mana, three 3-3. Three, three. Battlecry, if you're holding a secret, cast it and draw a card. This is like a Kirin Tor Mage, but better. Yes. This well, card is kinda. You don't get well, to choose the secret you if you have control. two in hand. Yeah, you yeah. don't get to choose it. But this is the kind of card that encourages you to play more secrets because it's definitely powerful. Also, it solves some of the issue with some secrets where they're, you know, they're tempo positive, but they're not very, um, you know, value driven. So you can run out of steam. Like if you're playing things like Bamboozle, um, 
or ambush and you just want to dump stats on the board, the fact that this draws you a card is very, very nice. This encourages, this makes, I think, pushes for bamboozle and ambush over dirty tricks, for example. But I think you'll still run dirty tricks. It just makes those cards better, those tempo secrets uh, better. Because this is such a strong tempo play, right? On turn three. I mean, so, it's uh, fine. I'm, I am lower on this card than a lot of people are. Uh, I, if we're in Secret Rogue, we play this card. I don't think it substantially improves Secret Rogue in a meaningful way. Like, I think it's going to be a 3-mana three 3-3 three, three, probably about half the time. Um, we don't get to choose which secret we put into play. A lot of the rogue secrets don't line up super well in the current meta. Maybe there'll be context where it's better. Uh, but it's it's kind of... It, I think it's on par with the Greyheart Sage. And Greyheart Sage is is passably good right now. There will be worlds in the future. In a four-set meta, I think this absolutely makes a lot more sense. As of right now, I think we put this in Secret Rogue. But I, I don't think it makes Secret Rogue a ton better. And I don't like the lack of control we have over it. Nor do I like how the rogue secrets line up in the current meta. We really want a freezing trap or something where we get to disrupt our opponent's attacks, but all the rogue secrets are about generating value of some sort um, or, you know, mildly disrupting their in-hand resources. The only one that's a really good tempo play is Ambush. And Ambush is fine, but when you play this into a Sword Eater and they just kill the 2-3, I don't know how great that feels. I don't know. This is still good, pulling dirty tricks. I, I think your point is, your point is you play it in... The secret variant of Miracle Rogue, but you're not sure if that makes Secret uh, Miracle Rogue, which fell off pretty hard, yeah, um, compared to the Wilkie combo build. If that makes that deck come back, I agree. I'm not sure this card is good enough to make that deck come back. It's if we're playing Rogue Secrets, I think we always play this. I'm just not sure if I am playing Rogue Secrets because they've fallen off pretty hard. Uh, and really, like Stunner is great. But when you print Prize Plunder, you don't need Stunner as much, because instead of bouncing stuff, you just kill it. Uh, and the, the payoff is Hanar, and we don't need Hanar right now for value. Now, when Hanar becomes the best source of perpetual value in a 4-set meta, then I imagine that we will see more secrets, and I imagine we will see more of this card. Uh, but I as agree. of right now, I don't think it lines up all that well. I agree. Cool. All right, next class, Shaman, Landslide, 2 mana. Uh, spell, deal 1 damage to all enemy minions. If you're overloaded, deal 1 damage again. Fun fact, we found out, uh, I was on the Angry Chicken yesterday and talking to Celestalon, apparently used to deal 1 damage again for each overloaded crystal. That was bonkers. So they changed it to deal 1 damage if you're overloaded, just do it one more time. And it's still good in its uh, final iteration. I mean, when you're overloaded, this is very strong, right? Immolation uh, aura targeting your opponent. Yes, this is very good. Like if you can activate it consistently, which brings us to our, you know, the one of the early cards we talked about in the podcast, uh, which is uh, guidance. So this works with guidance, and if you're playing landslide, you probably want to play guidance and sludge slurper in order to easily enable it. Um, cards obviously powerful. Also, scales really hard with spell damage. You have spell damage on the board. This is a flame strike. Better than a flame strike, right? Two, two plus two is better than four, because it deals with death rattles as well. So nutty was spelled in. I think this card comfortably sees play, but I'm not sure the shaman decks where it sees play are going to be good right now. But it definitely is a step in the right direction. Powerful card. Imagine if they hadn't nerfed evolve shaman and printed this card. Mm, 
You would play this in Evolve, Shaman? I would play this with Sludge Slurper on turn three, yes. And then I would not die. That's it. But no, but that's it? That, that's your only enable. You need to be able to consistently enable. Otherwise, this is an arcane explosion. Like, uh, it's. I, I, we're, I don't we're, think this is an Evolve Shaman card. Standard. Lightning Bloom is in standard. Like, I. True, you can. True, but I don't think. Uh, Evol- Actually, I don't think Evolve Shaman would play this. It's it's um, it's too reactive. Like it needs minion density. Like it just basically runs no minions just for coaster and abusing those stuff. It's a very proactive deck. I don't think that deck. Co- I think this is a control shaman card kind of thing where you, or maybe even like um, enhance aggro shaman with doomhammer. Maybe plays this in order to like this makes. Uh, I'm actually most excited about like the aggro doomhammer shaman plays this in order to do a lot better in aggressive mirrors because that's the deck's weakness right now. So having a way to clear the opponent's board while smacking them in the head with Doomhammer alongside uh, Dunk Tank is sounds very promising. I think this yeah. probably is the best chance for this card to see play right now in that deck. I'm actually pretty excited. Now that I think about it, yeah, that deck is going to play. Landslide and Acro Doomhammer Shaman I mean, uh, it's we'll play we played it. Maelstrom Portal and Aggro Shaman, and this is yeah. worse than Maelstrom Portal, but that is also a good bar for a card to be at. I don't want card to be uh, as good as Maelstrom. Honestly, Portal. with the tools available, with the tools available, this is better because you're mostly in this kind of in this deck right now in aggressive mirrors. You're mostly worried about clearing the opponent's board, yeah, uh, because you just get flooded. So really good in this kind of deck. So I think. Landslide might make an immediate impact in a deck that is already very strong in the current meta, as you've seen in the pre- in the last Data Reaper report. Yep. And if you're looking for a different kind of Shaman deck, uh, we've got Mist Runner, 5 mana, 4, 4, Battlecry, give a friendly minion, plus 3, plus 3, overload 1. It's a little bone mare. It's a little bone mare. It's a little bone mare. Or, yeah, 6 mana. You get a little bone mare. Pretty... Yeah. You know, some people... Say, oh, is this better than Faceless Corruptor? Well, different. it can hit face. It's different. It can hit face. Yeah. Yeah, it's different from Faceless Corruptor. It's not necessarily worse than Faceless Corruptor. It's just different. I'm not sure about the deck, right? Like, Aggro Doomhammer Jammin is not going to play this card. But maybe another card. But may- maybe in four months, there will be a deck that plays this. But this card is good. I think that some players might be overrating it. I'm not. I don't think this is going to have like a bone mirror level impact. But this card could be good. That's yeah. for sure. I mean, bone mirror. It gave taunt and also was way more stats. Um, but this is if there is a mid range shaman deck that tries to develop on curve, then this will be a part of it. And I don't know. I like that they're giving tools here, and I think this is about uh, about the power level that I'm looking for. So yeah, I'm chill with this card. All right, we've got Warlock up next. Backfire, three mana, draw three cards, deal three damage to your hero. That's a lot of cards. Finally, Warlock gets card draw. <laughs> Finally. I mean, at least at least unlike Hand of Gul'dan, this card costs mana. It's it's for a different yeah. kind of Warlock deck. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe like maybe there will be a day where Zoo says, "Screw Hand of Gul'dan. I don't want that card anymore," and it goes with Backfire. Also, maybe like things like uh, you know slower Warlock decks that are not Galakron based, so they don't have a uh, uh, Worshipper, will probably play this card. This card is pretty good. It's pretty solid. 
Um, three drawing three for three is good. Like the drawback is not that significant. Really fits a like a soul fragment deck. So I think yeah. this card will comfortably see play. Not sure whether it will see play right now alongside like a Galakon Warlock deck because that deck might have too much card draw, but after rotation, definitely. I don't know if there are any problems this solves right now, um, but like, I don't know, three mana, three cards, is, it's a good deal, obviously. Yeah, it's good. I think it's good. Uh, and then we've got Envoy Rustwix, five mana, five, four, legendary demon, death rattle, shuffle, three random prime legendary minions into your deck. Um, it can shuffle in duplicates, so like it can hit multiples of the same one. Uh, it's what a weird card. A lot of people are, you know, saying this card is trash. I really don't agree. I don't think this card is trash. I mean, primes are really powerful. Have you seen the primes? Like, they're good. Like, having, like, Warlock doesn't have a lot of good win conditions. And this can help with that. Especially post Galakon, like like when you're playing like a lot of the primes cost a, a significant amount of mana and they can activate Ticketus, for example. So in a Ticketus deck that will naturally have a lot of draw because it wants to draw, then this can give you activators for Ticketus, and uh, those cards are powerful. I mean, the primes are really good, so I think this this card has a chance, and and people are. Writing this off too quick. I'm not sure we'll see play right now, but I think this card is good. Like the primes are really strong. This is not shuffling the initial, um, you know, the initial cards. It yeah, shuffles it's only the shuffling primes. in back halves. It's again, this is a card that's waiting for rotation. I think that in a four set meta, there's something here. In the current meta, it's way too slow. Uh, but it can shuffle in Conrathod, which Conrathod Prime brings this back. It's a demon. Uh, it can shuffle in Solarian Prime, which is Solarian Prime. There are a lot of things going on here that this... Also, you can no. cons- you can specifically draw this. It works with free admission. Um, yeah. Like, there are all sorts of things you can do with it. I think this card has been written off way too quickly by people. It's cool. It's a cool card. All right. We've got Warrior, Spiked Wheel, 1 mana, zero two 2, Weapon. Has plus 3 attack while your hero has armor. Fire yeah, so, Axe 2? Yeah, so I'm really happy to see that Control Warlock, a Control Warrior will finally be viable with a Fire War Axe. Really great. Great stuff. No, honestly, like, this isn't as good as Fire War Axe in a vacuum because, like, aggressive decks are not going to touch this card because they don't want to armor up on 2, right? This is not something they want to do. But every Control Warrior deck... And probably in Rage Warrior 2 will want this card. This is the kind of card, like, this is weapon maybe encourage them in Rage Warrior to run uh, the poison, right? Because it's very easy to buff it. Like, you need weapons. Also works well with uh, Cutting Class. So I think that even existing Warrior decks in Rage and Control will strongly consider it. I mean, this this is just really this is just a fireworks in the early game in terms of fending off the aggression, the early development of the opponent, and it's just so efficient in the mid and late game uh, as a removal. Just just good all round. This is just pre nerf warax for less mana. Uh, it's if you're top decking and you don't have armor, it's a, it's current warax. It's three mana. Then three just two. armor up. Then just armor up. You can always armor yeah. up. At worst, at worst, this is a three like a three mana 
three to weapon, gain two armor, right? Uh, it, at worst, yeah. like it's you can kind of look at it like that, sure. and that's already fine. And for it's one fine. mana, are you kidding me? You playing this on one, and you armor up in two, and you kill an opponent. Like they cannot play around the armor. You can always gain the armor and activate this. Yeah, if you want to armor up anyways, and you need early game control, then sure. Uh, I I think this card is good. I think it's it's being hyped a lot, and it will help. How many? Okay, honestly, your point is great. How many warrior decks will be interested in a way to control the early board and uh, efficiently trade two for one? I mean, I can't think of anyone, any deck. I'm being sarcastic, by the way. I'm being very very sarcastic at. Okay, we are, nuts. Come on. We already have so many early game control tools. Any kind of minion-based warrior already has a lot of stuff going on. It competes directly with Corsair Cash. It's a mediocre top deck. I, it's powerful early game. Really, really good early. I think it falls off Wait, pretty what? hard. It gets drawn by Cash. Does it not get drawn by Cash? It gets drawn by Cash. I'd rather draw something else. I would rather draw Ankar. I'd rather draw Wrench Caliber. Now, after rotation... Then I can see this Forget being about the Wrench Caliber. What? Forget about Wrench Caliber. This is better than Scythe. We're playing Scythe right now in Enrage Warrior. Would you not play this over Scythe? It's like I, this is just a cheap enabler for cutting class as well. It's good. It's good. I mean, I, I just it is it I is cannot. a good card. It's a good card. People are calling it War Axe. I think that is disingenuous because I don't think that every warrior deck wants to armor on two. But it's a strong card. If we get it on one, it's good. I I just want to make sure. If we get it, if we get it whenever it's good, Pat, we always have an armor up. Like this always get like this is at worst a three mana. Okay, this I'm just not good. excited I mean, by an on. eagle horn bow. Like that doesn't excite me. No, it's one mana though, and it, you have cutting class in your deck. In your in your yeah. class, your class has a card con- called cutting class, and this is a very cheap enabler for it. Uh, I just like post rotation. This hundred percent sees play, but even now I think see it's play now. Play. Yeah, it's it is a good card. It's a good card. I just I've seen. Hype about this being one of the better cards in the set, and I'm I'm not I'm not sold on that yet. How is it not one of the better cards in the mini set, Hat? I mean, this is one of the better ones. Like, yeah, I just wonder if it's more awkward than it looks. But it'll see play. It'll see play. Anyways, this card's good. <laughs> it is it is a good card. I agree. Next card, very Iron good Clan. card. Three mana, two four. It's a mech battle cry. If your hero has armor, gain plus two plus two. Meh. Meh. I'm not feeling this at all. You want, like, this is, like, a stats card, right? It's a stats dump, and yet it has armor synergy, so it's kind of counterintuitive. We're playing the control deck, so we're not that interested in stats on curve, and then we have this card. It just doesn't seem to fit at all for me. Yep. Menagerie Warrior? No, I don't think so. It's Arena Warrior. It's a good arena card. Yeah, basically. I don't yes. like it. All right. Moving on to the neutrals. Last five cards. Armor Vendor. One mana, one, three. Battlecry. Give four armor to each hero. Man, this card is good. This is one of the best cards in the mini set, and it's so good that it probably is going to see play in wild, considering that Mistress of Mixtures is a card that currently sees plays in wild. And this card is better than Mistress of Mixtures because it's a Battlecry, and it gives armor. Like, this card is insane. What? Really? This card is nutty. Now, I'm really happy to see this card because it helps some of the classes that are currently struggling against, like, prone strategies. Mostly, I'm looking at Warlock and Mage. This card, this card fits perfectly in them. And post-rotation, 
Warrior probably will play it too. Um, very, very good. Like any control deck that's like not burn centric uh, will be interested in this card because who cares about you know giving your opponent armor? Right? You're not you're not looking to win through that. You're looking you're looking to win through like the control way. So that's fine. This is zombie chow level. Maybe better. This is honestly better than zombie chow. This is maybe the best defensive one drop neutral ever made. Ever. I, I expect it to be really, really significant. Also, you know what it's good with? Spiked wheel. Very good with spiked wheel. Yep. Yep. This is why I'm I'm thinking this is 100% he's played post-rotation in yeah. Warrior. Now, I'm not, uh, probably not, but post-rotation, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've got Crab Rider. A two mana one four Murloc with Rush and Wind Fury. I really love this card. Beyond the fact that it's cool and its art, it's really cool. I think it has potential to be really good. I mean, you're looking to anything that buffs this scales insanely well. Rush and Wind Fury kill are, are keywords that scale super well with any kind of buffs. Like people even said, like Librum Paladin. You play this with and buff it with Librem and just clear the two minions. Like it, it can be quite a card. Uh, I can definitely see it being played over the next year. Card is really cool. Yeah, I like it a lot. And I'm not gonna, you know, rack my head around how to utilize it in a specific deck. I'm just very confident that, considering it, this reminds me of uh, Vicious Scalehide, okay. very much like that card. Two scaling re- keywords with Rush. Going to be insane in any deck that looks to buff. And yeah, this is a similar deal. Yeah, it's uh it is a mini neutral Gidra. So you just have to have a way to, to buff it. Uh Death Warden, three mana two five, the only epic in the set. Says Death Rattles cannot trigger. That card will be played in bad decks that perform poorly, and we'll say that Death Warden is bad in the report. Down on it. Sounds about right. Uh, we've got Moonfang, 5 mana, 6, 3. Neutral Legendary Beast can only take one damage at a time. That's weird. I think this is one of the more underrated cards because I've seen a lot of people say this card is trash. This card is not trash. Like, maybe you even play it in Guardian Druid, like in Guardian Animals. This is pretty good, right? You rush into something and it's, it's a 6, 2. It's really annoying to remove. Like, I can definitely see this being at the top end of some aggressive deck where you just develop stats and then you play this and it's just very awkward to remove. You just smash your opponent's face with it and they have to commit so much, so many resources to just get rid of it. It's very sticky. It's very sticky, Hat. Yeah. This thing just clings to the board. You see the art? Clings to the board. Yeah. It's a threat. I, I like it. It's probably better off guardian animals than teacher's pet. It's uh, impact was describing it on Twitter as uh, it's it's a beast with two divine shields. Like, yep, pretty solid. It's exactly that. It's pretty good. I really really like this card. I think this card uh, fits some 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 decks. It's going to fit very well. Be very annoying. Like just imagine like like you play this against any class that doesn't ping, right? Even if you pink, what are you gonna take? Like, if you're a rogue, right? If you're a rogue, are you gonna dagger into this? It's six attack. This thing punches. 
uh, it's awkward. So I like it quite a bit. The only situation where it's kind of weak is if your opponent has a lot of small minions, right? But even if they trade three of their small minions into it, is that not a good deal? That's a pretty good deal. So I think this card is kind of a sleeper. And especially in like uh, in Guardian Animals Dread, I would play this for sure over like a Teacher's Pet. Yeah, I think it is a good fifth beast there. And then we'll see what else happens. Finally, we've got Runaway Blackwing, 9 mana, 9, 9, Dragon. At the end of your turn, deal 9 damage to a random enemy minion, and it is banned from Arena, so you cannot call it a good Arena card. Really? They really banned it from Arena? That's kinda... This card would be insane in Arena, but yes, they banned I, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess we need some uh, pack fillers from the mini set too. Uh, this card is not a constructed card. Like, do we ever, like, play it in, like, a big deck? It's it's a rag that can't go face. So, like, if you're looking... If you can cheat this out somehow, it is an amazing board control tool that's really annoying to, to deal with. Mm. Um, like, Dual Paladin and Big Warrior, those kind of decks? Yeah, maybe this card is kind of playable totally, in those kind of decks. It works great in yeah. those decks, yeah. Yeah, you know what? Okay, I retract. It's not a, it's not a pack filler. It's actually something. Just more of a fringe card. But it's, yeah, you could definitely consider it. You never you never want to pay the number in the top left corner for this card. So if you yeah, have just, a way to get it in play without paying for it, then it's it's a very powerful effect because it's it, at the end of your turn every turn. It's just a recruit card. That's what it is. Yep. Yep. Okay, cool. Hey, cool. we did it. We did the thing. So Yeah, we did uh, the whole thing. So this podcast is coming out. We're recording it today, the 20th, and we're releasing it today, the 20th. The next report, we don't know for sure, but I think we're looking to return to our normal cadence. We're targeting next week, the 28th, but I don't know if that's going to happen. Yeah, it's likely that the next report will be on Thursday, the 28th. Uh, and the podcast, meaning that the podcast will come two days after on the 30th and Saturday. But we're not 100% on that, so we don't want to make promises. Yep, We're aiming for that. That's it. And then... Uh, we, yeah, we should be, we should be doing our podcast at usual schedule anyways. Um, but the report, not as sure about. So, yeah, thank you so much for listening, everyone. And thank you everyone, of course, who supported the show and Vicious Syndicate Gold and Patreon and all that. We appreciate it. And a uh, big thanks to Steven Sensei for our intro and outro. And we'll talk to you next week. The Data Reaper Podcast is an official production of Vicious Syndicate. Don't forget to sign up and contribute your game data to improve the quality of the weekly Data Reaper report. Instructions are available on our website, along with lots of other weekly content at viciousyndicate.com. Thank you to all of our patrons and data contributors for proving their strength in numbers.